Good evening, 4th District of Cebu. This is School on the Air, bringing to you matters on the social sciences, ranging from history, politics, philosophy, and religion. I'm your host, Marlui Vincent Capulreyes. Right now, okay. Mga Megala, uh, here, uh, here with us is uh, someone who would provide us uh, more perspectives bahin sa Christianization of the Philippines. Uh, he uh, took his master's degree in theology in Germany. And in fact, his thesis happens to be related to mythology, which is uh, where uh, his uh, line of expertise would come in in discussing this topic. So uh, without further ado, here is uh, Mr. Luigi Pontilio. Um, sir, maayong uh, gabi. Yeah, sir. Maayong gabi, Vince. Okay, so... Um, I was told from our last conversation, sir, na you have this paper, I believe, that is entitled Christianization of the Philippine Strategies and Consequences. And I was interested in knowing exactly what this paper is all about. Could you elaborate, maybe summarize some of the details sa imong paper? Okay. Um, actually, my paper was about um, the Christianization of the Philippines. And... Uh, here I am uh, explaining the historical background of uh, the Christianization. Um, and then what are the strategies um, used by the missionaries? And then what are the consequences in their mission? Um, in this paper, I was emphasizing that uh, we could not um, understand the uh, Christianization of the Philippines without knowing the um, political and religious movements in Europe that drive that drove Spain uh, to colonize and to Christianize um, the Philippines. Um, first and foremost, um, we go back to the political and religious movements in Europe. So what actually drive Spain to become a world power to colonize and to Christianize um, other countries? Um, in the year 1492, um, Spain regained their territory called Granada. Uh, it is called Reconquesta of Granada. Um, they were able to retake you know, Granada, which is um, part of Spain from the Muslims in 1492, after um, centuries-long fight against the Muslims, uh, Muslim rulers. So as we know, um, Europe was actually um, invaded by the, Spain, by, by the Muslims, and they actually um, yeah, rule Spain. You know? in particular, Granada. And in that year, uh, 1492, um, Spain was able to regain that territory. And after regaining that territory, um, they have that confidence that um, they will be a superpower. Um, they will be um, a very strong country that can already fight the Muslims um, and drive them away from Europe. And that 
give them that confidence no um to really um become a crusader against um the protestants also they're also fighting against the protestants in europe as well as against the muslims so that gave them the confidence um secondly uh 1492 was also the age of discovery no as we know um uh columbus uh journeyed to the new world in america no and then that time um portugal and spain were rivals no in dominating the whole world no so they are in the race no to colonize other um uh, other lands no so it was the age of discovery and thirdly of course spain became a military power no under a uh, uh, king juan carlos i and his son felipe ii um they also fight against the protestant reformation um actually kuamagod kaning ang spain mura siyag um interested by by the pope to become crusader to become evangelizers in the whole world no um it was also the age of the golden age of spain um that age in that uh, in that era um they were actually blooming when it comes to literature philosophy and um military so they they, be, they became powerful uh fourthly uh there is what we call a uh, papal bull have you heard of uh Vince? yes yes yeah a uh, papal bull uh entitled uh inter cetera no um written by pope alexander the, the sixth uh in 1493 so unsa man siyang uh inter cetera um it means uh the pope is giving spain permission to establish catholic church in the newly conquered um lands no so it was specifically given to spain you know this uh papal bull this authority from directly from the pope you know, to really um give them authority to establish catholic church in their newly um conquered lands so that was actually the um uh political and religious movements in europe and and also in my paper uh i also discuss about the strategies uh used by the spanish missionaries in their mission um first is the so called reduction uh reduction in, in spanish a uh, reducción no um it means to gather the widely dispersed filipinos um into one village or into one place uh for them to be baptized to be instructed you no know, uh with the catholic faith with the catholic doctrine kay uh before kaning lain-lain mo tag mga mga dialects no mga tribes so it was difficult for the spanish to evangelize them kay disperse mo kayo mga filipinos uh, patong panahon so ang ilang strategy gibuhat 
kaning reduction to reduce no to reduce the different tribes uh, people of different dialects into one into one place para mas mas mapasimple or mas ma um mapabilis uh, ang pagbaptize sa ilaha ang pag instruct sa ilaha sa mga Catholic Catholic doctrine Okay, so that was their first strategy, ang kanang reduction. Um, secondly, um, this so-called visita capella. Okay, um, para ang mga tao dilit na mahasul mo ato pasapuan sa sa mga dagko ng mga barangay, no? Ang gibuhat ng mga missionaries nagbuhat silang mga bisita kapilya. Okay, kanang gamay ng mga kapilya para ang mga pari wato na lang sa mga kapilya para magmisa, para maghatag og catechism. That is why bisag karon nagya puntay gitawag ng mga kapilya, no? Mm-hmm. Kung natay parokya, natay mga kapilya sa mga gagbay na mga uh, barangay para magmisa dito ang pari para ang mga tao di na mahasol mag magbiyahe pa mo ato cathedral so bisag karon na pagyap mo ka ng mga bisita kapilya actually it originated during the early um, Spanish mission sa Philippines so ikaduhan na nga strategy ng ilang gibuhat ka ng bisita kapilya um, ikatulo ka ng of course catechism um, doktrina kasi Tiana, right? Yeah, ginawa. Doktrina Kristiana. No? So, um, catechism is, of course, um, very important as part of their strategies, no? Para um, ma-evangelize ang mga, ang mga tao, no? So, uh, according to the history, no, they have to memorize the Hail Mary, the Apostles' Creed, the Ten Commandments, no? So, importante na siya. And then I also read a book no from Peter Growing um Islands under under the cross. Um usapod nga strategy ng mga Spanish kaniadto is that kung kinsa ka to mga anak sa mga um sa mga elite families no motong ilang unahon pag uh, catechize or evangelize kay ang ilang mga parents influential man no mga powerful sila sa society so kung ma-evangelize mo mga powerful people sa society mas uh, mas uh, effective ang ang impact no sa evangelization kay mas ma-influential man ang mga elite sa una so kung ilang ma-convert katong mga elite people elite families so mas papadali ang kuan ang ang pag-evangelize no just like converting first the king no para musunod ang mga iyang mga tao no so manang kuan catechism um ang ikaupat pod is um kading mass baptism okay so they really have to baptize as many as possible um unlike karon na uh, ang mga pari um magbaptize sila uh, dili ingon nakuan kining murag 
paraghanay or kanang nasa race no pero sa una they really have to baptize as many as possible um, para mas mapadali ang pag-spread ng Christianity then ang ikalima is the so-called the incumbendia system um actually controversial siya na kuan na na strategy kay um somewhat it became a failure so unsa maning kuan kaning incumbendia system so it serves as an instrument of spanish colonial policy actually that in latin america um which was also implemented here in the Philippines no? from Latin America, particularly from uh, Mexico to the Philippines. And in this system, um, they were the so-called secular incumbendieros. No? Dili sila mga pari, dili sila mga missionaries, mga secular people, secular incumbendieros. And on some other obligation, they were obliged to uh, grant the natives uh, military protection no? from other tribes, no? from uh, and they also suppress uh, revolts, no, um, revolution. But um, the dark side of this strategy is that they have to collect taxes systematically from the Filipinos. So the Filipinos have to work, uh, to work hard um, on the field. Uh, in exchange for that, these incumbendieros uh, protect them, uh, protect them militarily no? from other invaders. And also, these incumbendieros are actually required to also give catechism to the natives. Pero ang naitabo, wala ito nila nabuhat kaya magatikayas o mga Filipinos o mga natives. Kaya na-focus sila more on um, more on asking for the taxes. No? More on um, asking the natives to work. No? So, bali, um, ang evangelization entrusted to the incumbendieros, wala ito siya na kuan kaning uh, na-apply. Muanang kuan, um, according to the history, um, the missionaries were actually um, disappointed with what the incumbendieros have done to the natives because they failed their task to evangelize the people. Uh, they focus more on taxes and work, but they failed on evangelizing. So, I see. So these are the five strategies, no? Reduction, uh, reduction, I can't pronounce this, uh, production, uh, visita, catechism, and I think you also included in the third uh, third part, the role of the principalia class, the elite, the or originally from the noble classes of the pre-colonial barangays that eventually yeah. uh, created their own class. Uh, we'll go over them some later. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna dissect some of these strategies. Put kay Murag. Um, aside sa mga gisulti, sir, kay Murag na na intriga sa gusto sa ilahang um, kay Maumanit, consequences sa Christianization process. And then we have mass baptisms. I also have some thoughts about mass baptisms as well. And of course, as you've said, the controversial 
encomienda system. Okay, let's start with um the first one, the first strategy. Um, one thing that dominates kini mga critics against. Uh, let's let's look at the the body of it. No, there's 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 lots of people with different interests, but they have similar critics about, for example, the role of evangelization in destroying cultures. The first strategy comes to mind with that. No, um, like for example, from those who are critical of the West, critical of the of of the church of religion in general, uh, with good reason actually. Sa kanina parte is that um. The evangelization process might have contributed not only to our lack of appreciation and understanding of pre-colonial culture, but the actual eradication of said culture. Uh, could you elaborate more, siguro anina point? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Na kining reduction, even the, the term itself sounds like it reduces. For our audience, of course, uh, to, to let them understand. Uh, has this tactic really destroyed? Or uh, totally eliminated pre-colonial culture. What are your thoughts on that? Um, actually, um, to answer that, uh, I would like to uh, say something about the uh, pre-colonial Filipinos. Huh? So, what are their uh, way of life before this uh, Spaniards came? No, um. Uh, as what I have learned no, from from the history books, um, actually before Spaniards came, we are actually already um, yeah I would say civilized. No? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we are civilized already. Um, we already have societies, no, and kingdoms, and we already know mathematics, no. Well, they have the uh, the law in the society, and um, but uh, in elaborating that, uh, I would also like to to say something about the way of life of the Filipinos. So before the Spanish came, um, Filipinos have this um, uh, animism, no? So animism, paganism, we practice that, no? Um, we believe in uh, Anitos, we worship uh, the nature, the animals, the trees, no? and we also believe in a lot of uh, gods. No? So it is said that we don't have big temples like the Greeks, but we use bamboos no? to, to have, uh, to, to um, to pay tribute no, to the gods no? uh, before. So we practice that um, um, polytheism, animism. But um, actually, also before the Spani Spaniards came, um, Islam is actually already here in the Philippines. No? In the year 1380, you know, Islam was already here no? by the person of uh, Karim al Maktoum in. Sulu, no? and also there was already uh, Hinduism and Buddhism actually from India. People from India are making trades with the uh, with the Philippines, no. And then we are actually making trades already with Japan, uh, with China. So it means people are already 
civilized, no? We know how to count already numbers, actually, so before the Spaniards came. And, um, and then um, uh, the natives before also practice um, polygamy, no? So men have a lot of women. Um, there was also excess in, in when it comes to alcohol, no? Um, people drink a lot, drink a lot of alcohol without limit. Uh, gambling was rampant, no? Was being practiced already by the natives before the Span Spaniards came. And um, yeah, so actually, um, I would say that um, the evangelization have altered no some of the Filipino cultures no um, have altered some of the Filipino cultures um, especially when it comes to um, religious beliefs no so of course uh, as we embrace already the Christianity um, we are taught you no know, to believe in one God no to only believe in one God so not to practice anymore polytheism, not to practice anymore polygamy, um, to control ourselves no, in drinking alcohol and to um, uh, and to um, despise gambling and um, to, to establish uh, Christian communities you know, to respect our parents, to show um, compassion to others. So it was actually um, the positive uh, effect of evangelization. But um, of course, um, some people uh, would say that um, Christianization have also um, done uh, damages no, in our cultures. Um, well, for me personally, um, I would say uh, yes. Um, we can say that um, Christianity or Christianization of the Philippines have also done uh, or inflicted um, damage in our Filipino cultures. Um, but on the other on the other hand, I would say that um, Christianity has also um, opened the door for us no, um, to learn the value of, um, of worshiping one God, no, of uh, loving only one person no, to practice um, uh, this monogamy. No? And, um, and then also, um, because of the Christianization, of course, um, we also have, we already have um, schools, uh, universities, we are being, um, we are being, uh, yeah, educated by the, by, the, by the missionaries. All right, I see. Okay, um, basically what you're trying to say is, uh, in spite of the damages done, there were still some positive points that the, this strategy might have brought up. And I, well, also like to point that I think we can also mention that um, even if unfortunately much of our old um, 
religious customs and much of how we approach nature and the world was mostly gone and eradicated because of its rep because of Christianity replacing it. Uh, nevertheless, uh, we still we were still able to retain some some aspects of our culture. In fact, um, one example I can think of is uh, well, I cannot say it's fully positive, fully negative. Um, we definitely treat the saints much differently from other cultures. And and first of all, I like to point out that Catholic doctrine is the let's say the the, the final determinant on on how we approach such feelings feelings with regards to devotion to the saints. Pero ato ang devotion, the, you know, that the devotion mismo to the saints could have some origin siguro sa atong pag-attribute sa uh, let's say natural calamities or the miracles of nature to specific gods and we no longer worship many gods rather one god so these roles not the gods themselves were embodied the kani mga roles in relation to nature were embodied through the saints Yes, of course, the Catholic Church already has patron of this and that, patron of a certain disease, patron saint of a certain job. Way before Catholicism entered the Philippines. But the level of devotion is such a... Parang mas personal itong devotion natin sa mga santos. It's not just an intercessory role that they have. If anything, there's a bit of a personal touch to it. And that's what I've noticed. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, uh, there, there's a lot more to it. I, I like to look also into this, um, for example, the phenomenon of Bisita. I think this is, much of these strategies came from, I believe, for example, the writings of Father Schumacher and other chroniclers yeah. who provided insights into the, uh, who provided fir first-hand accounts, translated them, and also their own insights, siguro, sa mga events. Bisita building a, a house near the church for Sunday masses if I'm not mistaken. Now, there's something I've never asked. I, I should have asked this. Uh, was there a period of time in Philippine history? I'm not sure if you can answer this, sir, but like, if was there a period of time in history where uh, for example, there was great sickness, no? Or, and then, nag-build sila og Kapilia, or or let's say uh, a small house for prayer, or to be near the church, uh, para lang um, they could go on with that in spite of the disease. Has that, has that been used in that kind of particular situation, sir? Um, actually, uh, it is. It was also said, no, that um, when the missionaries were baptizing the natives. No. It was believed that baptism also cured diseases, physical diseases, not only spiritually but physical diseases. And many Philipp many natives um, believe also into that, no, that uh, baptism can cure sickness. And I think that is I think it is one of the factors why they were convinced no, to be baptized. And it was also said that um, even Magellan, actually Magellan was a pious person, no? He wasn't only a, a warlike person, a conqueror, but he was actually devoted Catholic, no? Catholic Christian. And it was even said, no, that he even uh, cured, no, 
one of the um, one of the children you know, of of the of the leaders uh, because of um, of his uh, faith because of his uh, deep spirituality and um, actually um, di pa katong nagretreat na katong Spanish uh, Spaniards no, after Magellan was killed no um, they repeated no uh, I think usa na lang ka 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 galion ang nakabalik sa no sa sa Spain no um, actually when they were gone when the Spaniards were gone it was said that they returned to their um, to their former uh, religious beliefs religious practices no? mga natives and then but even though they returned to their religious practices before uh, they were still worshiping uh, the Santo Nino and um, they still have that faith uh, to the Santo Nino and it was amazing to it was astonishing you know, to know that na bisag nibalik to mga natives ilang mga former religious beliefs patong nagretreat na katong mga Spaniards uh, they still uh, they still retain that faith no to the Santo Nino because they believed that Santo Nino could, could protect them from um, diseases from calamities so i think it it was um, it happened no yeah all right i see okay uh, one other thing um maybe just a confirmation were chapels commonplace in Europe? And, or, or, or maybe to rephrase it, are chapels more common in the Philippines than any part of the world? Actually, mas common ang chapels sa Philippines. Um, I was in Germany, but I did not see any chapel there. <laughs> Only big uh, parishes, no? but no chapels. I think it is only unique here in the Philippines and also I think in in Latin Americas in in Mexico yeah because it was actually the Spaniards no who um, used that strategy this visita uh, capilla yeah. I see so meaning to say that um, we really uh, innovated no para spread good ni maayo ang Christianismo Okay, that's interesting. Actually, I'm surprised by this fact that chapels are more common here in the Philippines. I really wanna, um, really wanna delve into that here right now because it's interesting that like every few kilometers we spot a chapel, especially in the yes. Barangay. So yeah, yeah. the Bisita Capilla is based on the pueblo or the Barangay structure, or was it like what was the determinant for that, like the placement? Um, actually, the purpose of that is that those who are living in remote areas, no, um, katong lisod bisitaon, no, or katong layo sa mga parokya, kanang nasa bukid, no, or um, kanang naay river, tapos kanang they, they need to cross the river. So for them not not to be bothered no in going to the parishes 
So the Spaniard, the Spanish missionaries uh, were thinking that it would be nice uh, if they would build uh, small chapels. No? Para ang mga tao, uh, they don't need anymore to go to the big parishes, but uh, they will just um, wait for the priest no, to visit them uh, to celebrate the Mass. And actually, it is being used until now. No? Uh, as you observe, diba, sa Cebu, sa mga big parishes, ang mga pari, say daghan sila sa sa parokya no so yung mga nine lima unum so nakasayan sila no so sa monday si father reyes <laughs> sa tuesday no um, um si father rosario so nakasigla sila kung asa na mga chapel para at least uh, once a week na bisita sila no wala sila na kuan wala sila na na ignore ng ng parokya no kay siguro patong panahon pa ng Spanish missionaries no uh, ang uban ay mga tiguwang na masakiton maglisod na og lakaw so of course wala pa yung mga car sa una no wala pa yung mga jeepneys so mas effective to no um mas effective na siya strategy para ang mga tao diyan sila kailangan mo mo biyahe pa para matukuan ka ninyo I see. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, uh, one thing that I think has been mentioned, no, was the difficulty of the missionaries to proliferate the faith because um, they had to, aside from understanding the languages, no, they also had to, it was a thorough process, put, no, that uh, for the conversion of the of the natives, I believe that initially they yeah. did not want to have this like immediately, like everyone's baptized, no catechesis, no processing, no. Yeah. So, say, Um, aside from language barriers and maybe cultural uh, differences, what do you feel were like serious challenges put to the to the catechesis of the natives back then? Um. Actually. Um, during that time, no, um, Christianity was new, no, to the natives, and um, and I think, um, because before, no, um, people are were not, uh, don't have the opportunity to go to the universities, the school, so, siguro, um, it was challenging for them. Uh, to accept immediately this new faith you no know, introduced by the Spaniards um, I think it it also took time you no know, for the Spaniards to uh, evangelize the uh, the natives kay siempre from polytheism worshiping anitos you no know, the nature to worshiping Christ you no know, it was not um, uh, an easy task you no know? So I think yeah, um, it took time, and I think um, the Spanish the the Spanish missionaries have to learn the language of the natives. Um, that is why missionaries before were able to write dictionaries, no? Bisaya Spanish dictionaries or Katumangan translate of mga Bible into Bisaya. 
mga kuwento sila kani mga um, Spanish missionaries kay for them to be able to get into the culture they have to adapt the language of the local people so para mas ma-convince pa nila katong mga natives na magpa-convert sila into Christianity but aside from that uh, they also have to live out the gospel to show to them that they are harmless that they fight for their justice for their rights no kay as we know there were tensions no between the missionaries and the conquistadores no so it was always um um it was always there was always a tension between the missionaries and um the conquistadores katong mga katong mga spanish uh, army no yes um that is why if we discuss about the spanish conquest we usually discuss uh the sword and the cross no or um the interplay between the worldly power and the spiritual power no or the church and the state no or the altar and the throne so there was always tension no uh between uh, the missionaries and um the colonizers no um that is why uh for the missionaries to win the hearts of the natives they have to protect them to support their rights against the um spanish conquistadores no um actually it was very interesting no kasi uh, it was said that missionaries serve as the conscience of the king no? to the con- to the newly converted lands no and um for the um governor general no or for the encomenderos the missionaries were intervening into politics no uh, they accused the missionaries that they are actually uh, mixing in the politics no um and they they even reported to the king no of spain um in retaliation the bishops especially bishop salazar um actually also um reported to the king that these conquistadores that this spanish army were abusing the filipinos so i think um um they win the hearts of the natives no because the missionaries were um supporting no their rights against uh the abuse. and it was effective in evangelizing kay nakita man ng mga natives na ay kanin mga missionaries kuan din sila kaning uh, they are for us no or they are with us so i think it was one of the um the aspects that uh this the natives were uh converted were um convinced no to be baptized no into Christianity. Uh yes in fact uh the missionaries were usually the first ones to respond to the abuses of the conquistadores and to the encomenderos uh, we'll go over that later but yes um definitely this could have, this is one of the reasons why they probably had more trust in the priests and in the missionaries because uh, they were looking out for their well-being and did not possess Sigoro the interest to extract resources from them uh in fact there was uh, one account i believe where uh one of the missionaries with the gaspis men 
uh, scolded the soldiers for raiding a town. Like they were, um, the king was supposed to uh, order them not to do this and that to ensure that the natives would be would not be harmed. But uh, because they were used to the idea that all the land that they step on was theirs. Uh, to claim the food yeah. that they did not farm because they don't know how to farm. Because of that, they they raided the coastlines, and it was to the disappointment of the missionaries, at least according to their records. So yeah, yeah, their sympathy for the natives was there as well. Uh, let's talk about mass baptisms. Um, as I as I asked before, and I'm not sure if um, yeah, I I want to I also want to relate this to our present as well. Um, uh, sir, uh, do you think that um there there was this like a uh, gradual decline in the in this um because i think i believe this also referred to adult uh baptisms mass baptisms uh, was there like this decline seguro in in the interest of uh teaching the 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 ones who are about to be converted about the doctrine so that when, when they are about to, when they are going to be baptized they already know na kung unsa ilang pagtuo um actually um, as all they have learned no, from um, the history books, um, before they will be baptized, no, um, they're actually required no, to, uh, to memorize uh, Hail Mary, uh, the Apostles' Creed, uh, the Our Father, and also to, um, to be catechized no, by, the, by the missionaries. So, um, I think um, the the missionaries before were also very conscious of that, conscious, and they were doing that you know, uh, carefully before they baptized um, uh, the adults, you no, know, uh, the natives before. Um, but actually, ang ang difference mang god karon o kaniato is that um, before, um, if you are able to baptize. A lot of uh, natives. Um, it was actually uh, the basis of your success as a missionary. For example, kitang doha means we are missionaries, no, in in Cebu, no, during Spanish uh, era. If I ever if I were able to baptize, for example, um, uh, eight hundred people uh, a day. Tapos ikaw, 500 people a day. Murag, mas successful ko kaysa imuha as a missionary. No? Kay kaniyanto, um, the more you baptize, no? the more you become a successful missionary. Pero karon, wala na siya na perspective. No? Kay mission karon is not anymore mass baptism, but really evangelizing people by leaving out the gospel. Because today, you cannot force any more people not to be converted into Christianity. So we have to respect their rights. That is why we have this dialogue, no? Uh, dialogue which was actually um, um, promoted also by the Second Vatican Council. So karon, um, ang mga pari, uh, it is not anymore their concern no, to baptize as many as possible, but to evangelize by showing to the people that they are living out the gospel. Pero before, um, they really have to baptize as many as possible and to catechize you know, a lot of people um, 
to encourage them to memorize the Hail Mary, the Our Father, the Apostles' Creed, and to introduce the Doctrina Christiana. So it was um, really a huge effort of the missionaries, um, considering the fact that um, the natives have different dialects, no? and then considering the, the climate of the Philippines, no? um, it was difficult for them to really uh, do the mission. And um, yeah. I see. So uh, it was for the sake of ensuring that their mission was made easier. I see. So there was a quota. Kumbaga. Yeah, yeah. Grab it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the fifth one. I think, as you, as you have said, the encomienda uh, system was definitely very exploitative, was very controversial. Now, this one, um, I gotta know, was the encomienda system really intended to actually catechize Christians? Or maybe somehow it was, or somehow by its nature, it was always going to be exploited, exploited for the sake of wealth generation? I, I, I don't understand because we usually connect this system with exploitative resource extraction rather than, say, bringing the gospel to the lives of the natives. Yeah. Um, um, actually, um, these incumbentieros, no, uh, were actually um, asked no, to, to protect you know, the natives from the invaders okay uh as what i have learned now um the muslims of Mindanao were actually invading also the people in visayas or in manila so we have to be protected no, from the invaders so matong task ng incumindero sa ilaha um and then they have to suppress rebellion and then they have to um to uh, control no? uh, the natives that they are doing their job, that they are working, that they are working on the field. No? But also, they were also asked no, to catechize um, the natives. No? Uh, because, of course, they are also Catholics. No? <laughs> so they were also tasked to um, catechize the natives. Kay, di masila permi magbisita sa mga pari. No? Ang mga natives no so naadra dito um as uh incumbentieros so they are uh tasked also to evangelize to catechize the, the natives pero uh it failed no because the incumbentieros uh focus more on um on asking uh, for taxes no um, abusing the people oppressing them um uh, yeah, making them suffer, no. So that was uh, that was the case. That is why um, it was a very controversial uh, strategy, and unfortunately, it didn't work you know, in the evangelization, the uh, encomendia system. So, what do you think uh, were the consequences of these um, of these strategies to the to how we became Christians right now? Uh, do you think that they ultimately really cemented the faith that we have right now, or there could have been other factors outside of these strategies? 
Is it the number five question? Um, or... Okay, so here's the thing. We've mentioned about the five stra- five or more strategies, no? Uh, mm-hmm. We've had yeah. we've had this discussion uh, about the, how um, the missionaries were able to propagate the faith, to bring about the faith in the country. But one thing I might have to ask is. What were the consequences? Like, what was the result? Did these strategies really help? Even those that are controversial, yes. Did they really help at the end of the day to bring the faith that we have right now to, to bring the ex- to the extent that uh, majority of the country is Christian? Did, did they help in that respect? Or were there other factors outside of these strategies that made the Christianization process um, more long-lasting? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, um, as what I have said before, um, this uh, Christianization have um, altered some Filipino cultures. No, uh, it's also actually um, eradicated some of the Filipino cultures that we had before. Um, but actually. Um, I would say that um, Christianity was actually, Christianization was very successful in the Philippines. And for me, it was um, also um, the best gift no, that has been given to us no, by, by Spain. Um, but again, it was always a tension between the sword and the cross. Um, that's why we ask, no, um, in celebrating these 500 years of Christianity, you know, in the Philippines, um, we are actually also um, encouraged, you no, know, to also reflect on the negative, um, uh, the negative. Uh, effects, no, or consequences of this colonization or this Christianization that uh, happened um, in our country. Um, for example, Christianity is sometimes no described as instrument of colonization, no, and for for some of the people, uh, Christianization also shares some blame for violence for abuses and oppressions and um in fact um it was the reason why um jose rizal wrote his two novels no uh the no limitangere and el filibusterismo uh it was actually um a negative perception of the church no, and the friars no um during that time okay uh I would say missionaries before, or missionaries are not angels, no. So some of the missionaries actually have done no um, abuses, no, unfortunately, to some of the natives, and yeah, it was it was included in the novels of Osarizal, no, and um, and that is why. We are encouraged no, to celebrate uh, this 500 years of Christianity um, by also 
reflecting on the history of the church, the history of Christianity um, in the Philippines. Um, yeah, kay abuse no, done by the church before uh, is unfortunately happening even today. No? Um, there were abuses done by the Catholic priests no? even up to today. Um, even today, no? So, um, it is not only a, a triumphalist kind of celebration, no? That, yeah, we are so um, uh, blessed, no? To be Christianized. But this celebration is also an invitation for the, the Filipinos as, as well as the clergy, no? To reflect on um, on the, um, the, the negative um, uh, effects of Christianization. Um, in fact, there are a lot of factors that can be discussed now in, in, in this in this topic. For example, um, some feminists no, or gender rights activists no, also blame Christianity for introducing patriarchal society, so, social structures no, and conservatism. And um, it also led to marginalization of non-Christians, no? um, like the Muslims. Okay. Um, there was actually a war. No? The, uh, the, the Spaniards, together with the native Filipino natives, no? uh, they were attacking the Muslims in Visayas and Luzon, and they were driven out. That is why um, they were driven out to Mindanao. No? And the Muslims still have that feeling that they were actually um, oppressed no? by the Christians. Um, um, in one of the interviews no, with Nur uh, Miswari, he said that they are proud uh, because uh, they were the only ones who were not conquered by the Spaniards. No? So, yeah, it was it led to marginalization of non-Christians. Actually, there were two groups of people who resisted Christianity. First are the um, the Igorots, no, in in northern Luzon. They resisted, and um, they stayed on the mountains. Uh, they did not uh, accept Christianity during the Spanish colonization. Um, and then second one. The Muslims, no, they also resisted um, Christianity. And then, um, of course, um, uh, church, Catholic Church, is powerful in the Philippines, no? and um, they were also very influential in fighting against, uh, uh, for example, reproductive health bill, no, or in opposing the legalization of divorce in the Philippines. No? And um, so these are the consequences of Christianization in the Philippines. No? Unfortunately, we lack the opportunity, no? uh, or most of the Filipinos don't have the opportunity to discuss and learn about the church history, something that would make this celebration more meaningful. Okay. If we have the opportunity to learn the church history in the Philippines, um, then um, we can know the common 
misconceptions about the church, you know, and in knowing the, um, you know, the um, the negative effects, you no, know, of Christianization, um, the good side and the bad side of that, we can fully appreciate. Um, we can appreciate more uh, the role of Christianity in the formation of our of our nation, you no? Know? Because as we know, um, in spite of that, in spite of the abuses of the friars before or the priests today, um, it's still very, it is still very clear that the church was always fighting for justice of the people. You know? During the Spanish era, the bishops were fighting against the injustice done by the incumbenderos. Until today, bishops and religious people are fighting against injustice, against um, uh, the killings, against the violence in the country. Um, they are still active in, you know, providing uh, places you know, for the homeless, you know, for the victims of typhoon, especially now for the uh, victims of pandemic, you know, suffering from pandemic today, COVID-19. So the church is uh, very active because of this Judeo-Christian values, and that is compassion, um, that is love for those who are uh, poor and not privileged, you no? Know? And I think, Vince, um, this 500 years of Christianity is also a, a time, you no? Know, um, to humbly acknowledge, you no, know, the um, the abuses, the negative sides of Christianization, and by accepting that with humility, we can more we can appreciate more, you know, the this commemoration, this celebration of 500 years of Christianity. Okay, um, it is not good to you know, you know to always have this pure triumphalist approach you know, to the celebration, but more on reflection you know, of what happened before, you know? um, the good things and the bad things you know, done by the church uh, and also done by the um, conquistadores um, for us to, to appreciate more that in spite of that, we are able to transcend you know, uh, from this um colonization no? from these worldly affairs no? uh, we are able to transcend and we are able to integrate christian values uh into our very own uh culture and um and identity yeah. okay sir uh thank you so much for your reflection on this we hope to make our uh, commemoration of the 500 years of Christianity meaningful, meaningful rather than a triumphalist celebration. We remember our history and understand what we have to look forward to in the future as one church, one community, one Filipino society. Okay. You've just heard another edition of the School on the Air, over 91.7 News and Music FM. Thank you and enjoy your Sunday.